Time now for Curious City, where you ask the questions and we find answers together. Today we'll compare this Chicago winter to Chicago winter's past and solve the mystery behind a ghost terminal at O'Hare Airport. We've got those two answers coming your way right now. Hi there, I'm Chris Bentley and I report for Curious City. Back in December, Curious City had people like you vote on which question I should report on. Each question had to do with winter. And the question that won the vote came from Tracy Rosen from Chicago's North Side. My question for Curious City was whether the winters are getting worse or not. Specifically whether past winters were worse than now. It's a super relevant question given the arrival of a polar vortex, or two actually. Tracy says she's only been in Chicago 10 years, but she's heard this claim a lot. When people comment and say, oh, winters are not as cold as they used to be, it's a way of saying, my Chicago is not what it used to be. Of course, what makes one winter better or worse than another is a matter of perspective. That's right. You know, like, the question comes up every now and again about how severe winter is. This is Jim Angel, Illinois state climatologist, and it's not the first time he's been asked to rank Chicago's worst winter. And, you know, it kind of depends on a number of things. I always kind of consider it's not one factor, but usually it's a combination. As Jim Angel says, worst winter is subjective. But there is research about it, too. And there's even a scientist who's come up with something called the Winter Severity Index to help bridge that divide. You can read about that and everything else I found at wbez.org slash Curious City. But here I'll talk about three ways to measure the misery of winter. Temperature, grayness, and snowfall. If you're talking cold and snow, generally speaking, our winters are actually getting milder. This pattern we have been seeing, especially since the late 70s, is fewer days below zero, less snowfall, and somewhat warmer conditions when you look at the average temperatures. And that kind of makes this one seem even more dramatic, I think, because we're not used to this kind of weather. But this year, since we experienced the polar vortex, this winter is one of Chicago's worst. Jim Angel says it reminds him of the late 1970s. The winter of 1976 was colder than average, and then the next 12 winters were colder than average, too. There hasn't been a streak like that for 25 years. But get this, with wind chill, there was an unbelievable negative 82 degrees on Christmas Eve, 1983. There are serious consequences to severe weather. There's frostbite and people can die, and have. But there are other less dire consequences too. Right now, business is hot for some car repair shops. Winter is the busiest time of the year for us. So colder temperatures get here in the city, the more busy we get. Nabor Rick Romo manages Logan Square Auto. He says below zero days and quick cold snaps are especially bad for cars. Batteries die, fuel tanks can freeze, and Romo says oil becomes like jelly. He also says this year he's seen a lot of people rip off their door handles. They tried to pull it open because it was frozen? Or? Yeah, yeah, handles break all the time, they're made of plastic, so you know they'll try to open it and kind of pull it harder and harder, and it just crack, and, and they take a piece up with the door handle with them, so... We've had some remarkable cold this winter, but what about grayness? I tried finding that, and the best I can come up with is that, as usual, it's gray in Chicago. We only get sunshine about half of the time year-round. In the winter, it's even less. That's not surprising to people with seasonal affective disorder, like Arlene Malinowski. She's an actor and a playwright who has written about the depression that sets in during long, gray winters. You're tired all the time. There is this decreased energy a real lack of focus and productivity. It is more than just, oh, blah, I'm having a bad day. It is a deep, deep sadness and emptiness. 
But there's a light at the end of the tunnel, literally. A light box can simulate sunlight indoors, therapy that Malinowski recommends, along with walks or vacations if you can take them. Here's the last essential part of winter I'll mention. Snow. At the end of January, we'd already shoveled out of several more inches of snow than we typically get in a whole season. And it's not just any snow. If you plow snow for a living, maybe you've noticed. Here's Tim Gibbons, who's owned TSI Snow for 30 years. What we've had is a phenomenon of this light, dry snow, followed by a heavy wind vortex, frequently cleaning the roof of all my clients and dropping it back in their driveways. If it was a wet, heavy snow, it's less likely to be driven by any wind. But this light, dry, I mean, fluffy snow moves around like dust. Gibbon says it's important to remember the good times. He certainly does. He remembers ice skating, skiing through slushy side streets by holding on to the backs of cars. I think it's time we all take a little, a deep breath, count our blessings, soldier on in the, in the, in the true I will spirit of Chicago. Hardy people live in Chicago. We get through our winters and we celebrate our summers as a result. Because however bad you think this winter is, there's another one coming. Hi there, I'm Yolanda Perdomo, and I do a few things at WBEZ. I'm a general assignment reporter, news anchor, and producer. And I took on a Curious City question that I really liked, and it turns out a lot of people liked it too. Curious City gets asked some version of this question quite a bit, and it has to do with O'Hare International Airport. It's the flagship airport in the Chicago area, and it's one of the nation's busiest. Here's the question from the guy who asked it. My name is Tim Trumner. I'm 30 years old. I'm a teacher and a writer. My sort of lifelong concern with where is Terminal 4 at O'Hare. I always thought it was kind of strange that the numbering goes from 1, 2, 3, and then 5. So I wondered why there's not a Terminal 4, or if there is, if it's hidden somewhere. Well, to answer the question, I figured I'd go there. And yeah, the numbers mystery is in plain sight. I'm at O'Hare, not far from where people take the train in and out of the airport. And the first thing you see are signs. And they're not hard to miss. They're labeled 1, 2, 3, and 5. Confusing? Maybe. Interesting? For sure. And Tim's not the only person to think about O'Hare's missing number. I asked brothers Norman and Leo Lewis. They're from Michigan City, Indiana. No, I don't think it's confusing because you just, you can only go to what it's showing is there. Yeah, but if you see 1, 2, 3, and 5, where's the number 4? Because if it's only two, three, and five, that's all it is, two, three, and five. That tells you that there is no number four, right? <laughs> I asked Karen Pride about the missing Terminal 4. She does media relations for the Chicago Department of Aviation. Pride says Terminal 4 did exist once upon a time. It was a temporary international terminal here uh, from about 1985 to 1993. Here's the short story. Just before 1985, O'Hare had three terminals. But United wanted more space, and the airport was taking on more international travel. So the international terminal, number one, became United's hub. Terminals two and three stayed domestic. Terminal four was assigned for international flights. I got all this history from David Woodcock. He's worked at O'Hare for 50 years, and he even worked at Terminal 4 as the station manager for Scandinavian Airlines. But why don't we take the main floor of the parking garage, which says that's what it was, uh, why don't we take that main floor, convert it into a temporary international building, 
and voila, or not so much voila. Woodcock says foreign airline companies found the new operating area too small, and they had already started planning Terminal 5, a new improved international terminal. That new Terminal 5 opened in 1993. Everybody was very excited about Terminal 5. I remember walking through Terminal 5 the night before we opened it and so and said, wow, this is great, this is terrific. It was worth all of the effort. Woodcock says there was fanfare for the new terminal, but Terminal 4? It was closed, quietly. So the answer to why there's no Terminal 4 at O'Hare? It was temporary in the first place, and a victim of the march of progress to Terminal 5. But that leads to another question. What about the numbers? O'Hare still had Terminals 1, 2, and 3. Why didn't they just call the newest terminal Terminal 4? Again, here's Karen Pride. That would have been more confusing. Getting rid of five and just having one, two, three, four, that would have been more confusing? Yeah, I think so. Because people had become accustomed to going over to this location and calling that Terminal 4. It didn't exist anymore. And here's the point from David Woodcock. Travelers don't need the number four. They get a ticket and head to whatever terminal they need to go to. And again, changing stuff would just cost more money. You know what, people are familiar now, to be honest with you. You you talked about the cost of changing the signage. Well, that's, that's, one, that's one aspect, but, you know, why do it? It's, it's, people know it now. People, everybody knows it. Terminal 5 is the international terminal. I even have a jacket that says Terminal 5 International Terminal uh, at home. You don't have a number 4. No, no, I'd have to change jackets, wouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is what we know. There is no Terminal 4 because that area was originally a parking lot. It was supposed to be a stopgap space until a bigger and better Terminal 5 was in place. It's like the number four is a ghost at O'Hare, but it's not completely gone. This lady thinks she saw it. Are you asking about Terminal 4? Yeah. I think it, you go through those elevators over there, right? I thought, I thought I saw something about Terminal 4. I could be wrong. It's no wonder that Sarah Crowley of Chicago could be confused. There are signs with the number four, but they're for Elevator Center 4. But in a bit of irony, this bank of elevators is close to a bus and shuttle center that is located right on the site of the old airport Terminal 4. I was able to solve the mystery for Tim and happy to tell him about it. After all, he did say it was his, quote, lifelong concern. Oh, wow. I've basically been in Terminal 4. I just was not aware of it. Huh. I kind of figured it would be sort of tucked away somewhere or would have been you know, just completely demolished. I was not expecting it to have been a parking garage, briefly been an airport terminal, and then turned back into a parking garage. Honestly, it wasn't the answer I was expecting, but I like that there's a big number four at O'Hare, again, at a bank of elevators. Maybe like a little joke about the old Terminal 4. And some O'Hare workers I ran into thought the question about the number four was funny, too. One of them said, they keep everyone puzzled around here. It keeps Chicago as interesting as it is. I can't wait to do another Curious City story, but I'll need another good question first. Just head to wbez.org slash Curious City, and I hope to hear from you soon. Curious City is produced by WBEZ and AIR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. 
Additional support comes from the folks who ask great questions, like Tracy Rosen, who prompted our investigation into how bad our winters are now compared to the past. Tracy, by the way, is from sunny California. Sounds great, but when it's perfect all the time, you miss having variety. So I I like the seasons, I like the extremity, so I don't mind the winter. That's good, because sometimes it snows here in April. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.